We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alright. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast from Ramstock Radio. Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, pretty much an emergency podcast today uh, because the Rams have signed what their their second free agent signing of the offense season today. And, and hey, Steve, this one, this free agent was actually on a different team that wasn't in college last year. <laughs> Crazy, great. So. Uh, who had they signed anyone? So the, if if you didn't see, and I mean, not that crazy if you did not see, the Rams signed free agent wide receiver Tyler Johnson today, formerly of the Bucks, part of the Super Bowl championship team, and brief stint with the Texans last year. Is is this the first guy they've signed besides Ripon, or am I missing somebody? Did they sign a long snapper? No, they got an undrafted free agent, right? Yeah, the, our long snapper is an undrafted free agent. Uh, yeah, I, I actually forgot the Rams signed Ripon, but yes, <laughs> he would be uh, the next uh, free agent that came from a different team. So my previous statement was inaccurate. This is, this is going to be such a fun season. I can't uh, – I, I honestly – like there's so many different directions it can go in. And I'm just so curious to see what this roster does. It's just so – I feel like every offseason we have is usually, like, so explosive in a lot of positive ways, and this one was just kind of the opposite. Um, but obviously, you know, it's it's a light rebuild year. There's still some guys in the building. But let's talk a little bit about Tyler Johnson. So Ty- Tyler Johnson is a player who it, – it, I'm a little surprised that that in the direction his career has gone. He came into uh, Tampa as a fifth-round pick in 2020. 
I, I from what I remember about him, I thought he flashed some stuff his first two years. Not a not a whole lot of numbers on the stat sheet. He in in his career, he only has I'm trying to pull it up. 48 catches for 529 yards and two touchdowns over it, it, all in his two years with the Bucks. He was a uh, uh, end of the end of the preseason cut last year in 2022. He signs with the Texans. He does not really play at all while he's there. Isn't targeted. Only appears in. I don't even know if he appeared in these games, but only two games listed on his. Uh, stats page he gets cut in October he signs back with the Bucks on the practice squad and then I don't know what happened this offseason he signed with the Raiders in January he got cut a couple weeks ago and now he's with the Rams so in addition to the wide receiver room uh, obviously <laughs> you know like this is not going to save our offseason signing Tyler Johnson but a guy who, you know, I was surprised was available and I did not realize this is where his career went last year. So you really break it down. It makes sense that he was available. But I, I, I kind of am a little excited for this. There's a chance, probably a fairly high chance that Tyler Johnson doesn't make the team. I mean, he's really just coming into camp. He's going to be competing with really like Lance McCutcheon, I think, for a roster spot here. But six one guy, he's not small. I remember him being fairly decent in a crowded receiving room in Tampa Bay. I, I like it. I think I think we needed another body in the receiving room uh that has some NFL experience and this is a pretty, you know, extremely low risk. I I'm not even gonna say high reward because that's just gaslighting at all of you guys uh but a fairly okay reward for literally no risk here yeah i mean the the thing about tyler johnson is i i think you know with his stint with the the bucks he kind of got a little bit on the radar not not a ton i feel like if you played fantasy football you knew who tyler johnson was if if or if you were a bucks fan if you aren't really a Bucks fan or a fantasy football player, you probably have no idea who this guy is. And the thing is, he did show some potential, and then he just kind of faded into the background, and now he's with us. So uh, the thing is, I, I feel like if he can, if he can get back to where he was while he was going with the Bucks, uh, a guy that you know was kind of a, a, a nice weapon. Uh, for Tom Brady when he was there, um, you know, whenever injuries occurred or uh, whenever they just kind of slipped him into the offense, I I think that's kind of the goal here is, uh, you know, obviously I think it would be kind of a stretch to, you know, think this guy's going to be your starter, though it's not inconceivable also because other than Cooper Cup, basically we, we were talking about this, Steve, um, who's going to be your number two guy. It's there is no clear number two guy on this roster currently, you know, again, you have to battle through the idea of is Van Jefferson, your guy is Ben Skoranek, your guy. Um, you know, there's even a possibility that if 
if he, you know, adapts to the NFL level very quickly, that rookie Puka Nakua could be your number two guy. So it, you know, while I don't know if I would put Tyler Johnson there, I, you know, I think there certainly could be a spot there if he adapts to this offense. And um, one of the things that I recall uh, from watching him play for a short time in, in with the Bucks is he, I, I actually thought he was taller when I first, you know, looked into this. And yeah, he's a big six one. Yeah, I mean, he's a six one, which isn't small, don't get me wrong. No, no. But like, he certainly played a lot bigger than what he's, uh, than what, you know, his actual height is. And I encourage you to kind of look at some of his highlights. He, he actually plays a lot bigger than he actually is. And then the most, People will remember uh, the most notable play of his career was drawing a pass interference against the Packers in the NFC Championship uh, in the play where Kevin King and the Packers was like had a real tight grip on his jersey, like basically stretching it, uh, which is, a, you know, you can't not call that. But yeah, it's there's a world where Tyler Johnson is a week one starter and there's a world where he's not on the team week one. Both are possible. I would say probably the not being on the team is more likely than him being a, a week one starter. But I personally, yeah, I think he probably, you know, if I was betting today, I'd bet on him to make the team and p- potentially having a small role in week one. I mean, like, yeah, we like, look at the guys he's competing with. I mean, no disrespect. It's Van Jefferson, Ben Skronik, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua, Lance McCutcheon. I mean, this is a, a winnable job if you are an NFL wide receiver and at one point in his career, Tyler Johnson was an NFL wide receiver. I don't know what happened last season. I, I'd be curious to find out. Uh, and, you know, if you if you want to take the glass half full approach, it's showed some flashes, first years in Tampa. It was a really crowded receiving room. You know, there's not a lot of room for him to get time. Uh, Julio Jones was on the Bucks last year, right? Uh, last year? I don't believe so. Uh, was he? You know what? He might have been. I think he was. Um, he was, yeah. So going into the season, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Russell Gage. I mean, you're essentially blocked out of the receiving room. And it's not really entirely his fault. All four of those guys are good players. You know, maybe not Julio Jones today, but... Uh, you're not making the team over Julio Jones, buddy. So he goes to Houston, you know, he comes in late in the offseason, can't really get a grip in a role, and that's kind of it. Now, the glass half empty approach would be he went to Houston, didn't play, and got cut on the worst roster in football. So there are two ways to look at this, but regardless, he's, he's, I'm assuming he's free. I'm assuming he's on a league minimum. So I... Think out of all the guys you could have gotten today on a league minimum, this is a, a, a good way to spend your your minimum money. I mean, it's not a, there's not a ton of options right now, especially at minimum, so. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm really curious to see how that receiver rotation plays out, but I'm assuming it's just going to end up being – Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Ben Skronik with a 
with a dash of Tutu Atwell. With a okay. peppering in of him. Dash. <laughs> Tutu Atwell sprinkles. Um... <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> that should be a product. <laughs> All right, we got to call him up. Call up his manager. Let's get uh, let's get that moving. So, you know, it's late May. We just spent ten minutes in Tyler Johnson. Not a lot of topics. So, what we wanted to talk about today mainly was, um, there was an article from Ross Tucker of the Thirty Third Team that came out last week where he ranked the every coach in the NFL from 1 to 32. And so while I don't want to sit here and dissect this article for 30 minutes, I it brought me to an interesting topic in my head because I think at the end of the last offseason, or maybe not, not even offseason, like this time last year, we probably would have said Sean McVay was arguably the best coach in football And I think we probably would have, at worst, only ranked him behind, like, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, maybe Mike Tomlin, right? Right. Johnny, if you were trying to answer that, I did not hear you. (laughs) I was, actually. I was like, damn it, I forgot. (laughs) Mike uh, was muted, but... Right. But... uh... I guess it was yeah. a rhetorical question. <laughs> you are you are correct, Steve. The, those would be uh, those would be my uh, top three to four for sure. And okay, and so this year they Ross Tucker has him ranked seventh. The top six coaches are in order according to him: Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, Nick Sirianni, Kyle Shanahan. Now. <laughs> I think obviously we could do the Sean Payton thing if we want to, you know, like what's, what's crazy about this article is we, is we read those guys and they have Payton fourth and they don't have John Harbaugh until 11th. And am I crazy for kind of thinking like it, the disparity between those two guys specifically is kind of crazy. Like I don't, even with my, my, you know, my Sean Payton, hate aside like is he that much better of a coach than john harbaugh 
I mean, you you really can't argue that either side is better than the other. I it, it's kind of bizarre. First of all, it's bizarre to see Sean Payton, who hasn't coached uh, in what a couple years, um, to be already named the top in the top four, and. Oh, he's, you know, I disagree strongly. He's probably a Hall of Fame coach, so I get it. Um, And I'm glad he's not ahead of those other three guys. I would not rank him here, obviously, as we all know. Uh, But I, I, it's kind of crazy that they, like, yeah, like you said, they're giving Sean Payton that respect and just John Harbaugh just not getting any of it. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of my point is – for surely, I mean, it's subjective, first of all, where where you're going to put any of these guys. But the fact that he's so high is kind of bizarre. And then Harbaugh being so low, why? You know, I, I it, it's bizarre to me. But, yeah, seeing, seeing like how this whole list kind of shaped out, I, I feel like it was – you can almost argue that they went based on, you know, the the names almost. But then, if that were the case, why is Harbaugh so low? Why 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 are you why are you dissing Harbaugh? Right. Yeah. And and the next couple after McVay at seven, Brian Dable at eight of the Giants, Pete Carroll ninth. Pete Carroll, you can make the case a little disrespected too, but I think Pete Carroll has always been a much more like hotly debated quantity than the other two um because his his records have obviously been all over the place um though i'd also have him over Peyton. doug peterson at 10 um harbaugh at 11 zach taylor 12 mike brabel 13 mike mcdaniel 14 kevin o'connell 15 blah 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 matt lafleur 17th um, right after Dan Campbell. I'll just go through the whole list. 18th at Arthur Smith, 19th Ron Rivera, 20 Brandon Staley, 21 Mike McCarthy, 22 Sean McDermott, 23 Kevin Stefanski, 24 Frank Reich, 25 Robert Sala, 26 Todd Bowles, 27 Dennis Allen, 28 Matt Eberfluss. Uh, if you're wondering, <laughs> that's the Bears coach. Uh, I didn't realize he was their coach last year. And... Josh McDaniels at 29. The other three coaches have not coached a game, so they are ranked 30 to 32. Stike and D'Amico Ryans and Jonathan Gannon. So Russ Tucker did earn some points back for me for ranking Josh McDaniels properly at 29th. I will give him some credit there. He accurately picked the worst coach in the NFL. How could you say that about a former Rams head uh, <laughs> offensive coordinator? I've been saying it ever since. <laughs> kidding. No, uh, you're you're absolutely right though. I I it was properly ranked, and uh, I, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised he wasn't ranked higher. Uh, not that he deserves it or anything, but usually for whatever reason, he he gets put like way higher than he needs to be, and it, it was kind of nice and refreshing to see him being placed with the bottom. Sean McDermott at 22 feels kind of pathologically insane yes <laughs> uh so if this was a bills podcast this probably would have been a lot spicier um so i guess like with the sean McVay ranking at seven 
and I, I I'm curious. Do you find that at all disrespectful, based on the names ahead of him? You know, it's kind of one of those things when you first take a first glance at it, and you're like, surely Sean McVay should be higher. But it kind of depends. Like, if you're talking overall, I mean, there there are a lot of quality coaches still like above him, and. Uh, uh, some even that are quality coaches below him. So it, that's kind of that's kind of tough. And if you go based off of last year, I mean, McVay should probably be a lot lower. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I don't find it disrespectful at all either. No, I, I, I think he actually is kind of high if we're going based on last year, um, especially kind of going into this year with the team that he has. Uh, but... I can understand why at the same time too, why you would kind of give McVeigh, you know, the benefit of the doubt, because this is a guy that continuously, you know, um, coaches well, uh, except for last year. And Hey, the man has a, has a ring at such a young age. And, you know, that's more than some of a lot of these other coaches have. So um, of, of course, other than, you know, the, the golden, uh, the golden three to four. The golden three plus Sean Payton, as we'll call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, well, the big the big things here, I think, is that they're ranking Nick Sirianni of the Eagles and Kyle Shanahan, of course, of the 49ers ahead of him. Both have been to a Super Bowl. Neither has won a Super Bowl. And I, I get it. I, I think that's fine. I know we, we hotly debate on Twitter the Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay thing. All the time, I think they're both flawed coaches. I think they're both also great coaches, and I'm not going to secure and nitpick him being ranked one spot ahead of him. Maybe you go with McVay as a tiebreaker because he has a Super Bowl, but look at the fucking quarterback Charles Shanahan has had there. Uh, and as just the biggest anti-Jimmy Garoppolo hive on this podcast, I'm sure you feel the same way as me as, like, we can debate who we think is the better coach, and maybe we will today, but it's not that big a deal to have Shanahan ahead of him. Now, Steve, Brock Purdy is the second coming, you know, of uh, <laughs> of Joe Montana. So, I man, I'm so curious what they do in week one if Purdy's healthy. I think he's going to be the starter, and I don't know if I agree with that if Trey Lance is also healthy. It's kind of one of those things where I imagine that um, Trey Lance is going to be end up being traded. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know because I like. I think their best play, in my opinion, now I am not an NFL coach, nor should I be, nor will I ever will. Is you, unless if Brock Purdy is not one hundred and ten percent healthy week one. You just play Trey Lance. You can use the in- injury as your scapegoat. If Brock Hurdy's at 98%, you say, well, you're not 100. Let's see what Trey Lance has. If he sucks, you say, oh, Purdy's healthy next week. He's going to be the guy. And then if he's good, you let it ride. Because ultimately, and we could be wrong, You know, I think Trey Lance's ceiling is a lot higher than Purdy. But based on what we've seen already probably does give you the best chance to win but to me you know i i think you if, if lance is on the team he played one fucking game last year and got hurt like you don't know what you have there and 
I would really want to figure out what it is. I mean, this guy, he he needs to stay healthy, first of all. Um, Trey Lance is, has not really had much of an opportunity at all since joining the 49ers. So <laughs> it's it'll be interesting to see if, if he can actually take the reins this year. You know, there is no more Jimmy G kind of breathing down his neck. And I, I guess you could say there's a Brock Purdy now, but um, that's considering if he's healthy even. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Purdy, Purdy I think, is, is their guy, which is crazy. Um, big come up from Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Here's hoping that Deswan Johnson will be uh, – will be our, our supreme mystery irrelevant this year. <laughs> That's that is the dream, man. Um, so I I, I want to give you some hypotheticals and see where we net out. So let's say like if the NFL decides to blow up the whole league and start from scratch and the team every team is drafting a head coach. So and I will say for the sake of this argument like this is for, you know, like 10 years. So you're probably, you're probably, if, so I, oh my God, guys, I'm sorry. I am a little tired here today, but we're pushing through. <laughs> Trying to map out my hypothetical. We're just drafting coaches to start a franchise with. The roster is irrelevant. You don't know who's there yet. You're building the roster, so to speak, around your coach. And, if we're drafting coaches for a long term, we could Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, like aside, because I don't think it's as interesting to include them because they're literally two of the greatest coaches of all time. Do we put Mike Tomlin in that group? Is he like is he the obvious choice here? Ooh, because um... that's an interesting question too. Because you've got, you know, I would think the guys you're looking from and the guys who debate are McVeigh. Sirianni, Shanahan, you could throw Brian Dable in there if you want, but I don't know if I'm ready to make that argument. You could, you know, maybe there's like John Harbaugh, Doug Peterson, um, if if you want to go that route. But um, Tomlin, like, is Tomlin the choice? I think I think that's. Would you go? And like, I don't want to frame this around the Rams because if we're picking coach for the Rams. We're taking McVeigh over anybody. I think we have that history established. It'd be insane not to. But starting from scratch, like, is it Tomlin, who's really, I think, just like the ultimate player's guy um, in the best possible way? Because sometimes in other sports, I feel like that can be a backhanded compliment. But the ultimate, like, compliment here, or would you want one of these, like, offensive gurus like McVeigh or Shanahan? As a guy, as a guy you're building your team around, it's it's an interesting question for sure because if if you're blowing up the the NFL and and you know you like you said starting from scratch, I you know as much as I like Sean McVay, I don't know if I go McVay either simply because this is a guy that has flirted with retirement for the past couple of years and. Uh, based on what Les Snead said, uh, he he's uh, he's committed to to coaching for a while. 
Well, let's but, let's say just uh, for the hypothetical um, that he would coach for, like let's let's give it this like a five year window and say they're all coaching for the duration of it. Okay, uh, in that case, you're that basically was down to uh, five or I'm sorry, three possibilities. You have Tomlin, um, you have uh, uh, McVeigh and Shanahan. I think those are your three golden people right there. Um, I think if you think about guys like uh, Pete Carroll, I, I think that this is a very aging coach. Uh, so I, I would probably decline there. And uh, Even if he was 60. I think I'd still take all these other guys over him, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree, and I I, I would probably go uh, decide between McVeigh and and Shanahan simply because these are two younger guys that you know have built you know some amazing squads with you know with basically very little talent uh, to begin with. And, you know, there there was some adjustments for both sides for sure. But um, I feel like these two guys can, can lead a young team. They can lead a, 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 um, a really differently assembled team. So I, I would go with either McVeigh or Shanahan just because I, I feel like they, they have done more recently than what, what Tomlin has done in – over decade yeah so, yeah but tomlin did do just as much you know, at the beginning of his career and more than that's shanahan true. that's uh, true yeah it's it's interesting because yeah i i think i would agree like today i probably would take those two guys over tomlin it's not necessarily a knock on tomlin and i think if it was a guarantee you were being handed the best team in the nfl roster wise then you might go tomlin because I think he's more likely to get the maximum out of those guys and have more of a maybe more consistency on a weekly basis. You know, he's just turn, churning out. Guys never lost more than uh, eight games. It's insane. His whole career. He's been coaching for like 15 years. So in that case, maybe you would. And I, I, don't think there, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Now, I'm noting that you're not including Nick Sirianni in that mix. Yeah, no, no. I mean, no disrespect to that guy because I, I I feel like Nick is a he's a quality quote coach for sure. But I feel like there's just like such an elite level of coaching between those three guys that it's it's really difficult to kind of include them in that list. And uh, yeah, I I would I'd feel like kind of weird saying yes. I, Sirianni's going to be my guy over Tomlin, McVeigh, or, or Shanahan. Just yeah. feels weird. I, I think he, I, I think he's definitely fourth, but I think he belongs in the, in the the conversation. I think it's just it's two years. We've seen longer success from Shanahan, McVeigh, who I think are more similar here, and obviously from Tomlin, who's a a made man, a legend. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think for all I said about John Harbaugh earlier, um, and even like we mentioned Pete Carroll, even guys like Doug Peterson to a lesser extent, I would still, I still think these like younger guys are ahead of them. If we're talking Brian Dable, I would probably take Harbaugh, Peterson over him today. But that's again, it's because it's one year. Um, wouldn't it be surprised if Dable makes another Sirianni type leap in in year two? But so yeah, so you you bring it down to the one on one conversation, Johnny. You didn't answer who you take between McVeigh and Shanahan. You know, it's gonna. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I would probably pick Shanahan simply for... I think I agree. Yeah, sim- simply because I see a longevity with Shanahan that I don't with McVeigh. Even if I kind of grant him that five-year window, which I, I can't honestly say he would actually fulfill, Shanahan seems to be all about football for his immediate future. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'd have to go with, with Shanahan. If we're talking McVeigh hasn't even uttered the word retirement, I'm, I'm sticking with McVeigh all day long. Uh, but that's just not reality. He, he's mentioned it so frequently that it's going to be a constant question every single offseason. And I can already tell you the immediate first question when uh, you know week 18 comes around. You know, is Sean McVay retiring? I, even with the retirement aside, I think today, I think I would rank Shanahan ahead of him here. Ooh, and I think really? and it's it's something that it, it's I think they're so close. It's something that could change on a on a daily basis. But like, because yeah, this is a, the whole article too. You know, it's Sean Payton being egregiously ranked aside. You're ranking Sirianni and Shanahan ahead of McVay because of last season. And we can act like last season didn't happen, but it did. And last season, Sean McVay's quarterback got hurt, and the offense couldn't do anything. And before Sean McVay's quarterback got hurt, the offense couldn't do anything. Whereas with Kyle Shanahan, his starting quarterback got hurt, his backup quarterback got hurt, they went 13-4 and four and went to the NFC Championship. Now, there are obviously a lot of variables at play here uh, that I yeah. glossed over there. But I think for – and again, as I mentioned before, if would I trade Sean McVay for Kyle Janin to coach the Rams today? No, I wouldn't because he's our guy, and I love him. And I – my opinion might change on this next week because I think it's such a close debate, but – after last year, for what a debacle the Rams were and what a success the 49ers were, you know, it's it's just I it, for me today, it's kind of hard to in this hypothetical scenario to rank him ahead of Shanahan. But I think I would put him ahead of Sirianni too, just because you know he's in year six or what's what's McVay going on six or seven, and uh, Sirianni's going into year three. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's seven. That's crazy, man. 
Seventh season. I think he's still the youngest coach in the league. Uh, just insane. And, and yeah, it's it, it'll be fun to see where he's at when, you know, if he continues to coach this long, or any of these guys, honestly. It'll be interesting to see where they're at when they're at Mike Tomlin's point in his career. I I hope to see Sean McVay at Mike Tomlin's point of his career. Uh, we'll have to see about that. <laughs> any you know any other lingering thoughts from this little coaching exercise? Any coaches you think are wildly overrated or underrated here? Mm, he had Arthur so... Smith at eighteen, and like, well, I think he could still end up being a good head coach. I don't know, man. He is he hasn't done shit. Yeah, I mean there's there's a couple of options for sure and and uh one one that kind of uh makes me like kind of scratch my head a little bit is uh you know guys like uh Matt LaFleur. Um I feel like Matt LaFleur is kind of being exposed re- recently uh I I don't get like a lot of the hype surrounding him, uh, be- especially because a lot of that could be attributed to him inheriting a really good team. And this year, I I feel like twenty twenty three will definitely, um, you know, identify what type of coach he is, because obviously the Packers are going to be, uh, you know, kind of fading a bit after, you know, Aaron Rodgers leaving now is the era of Jordan Love. Uh, So this is going to be a completely different team, and it's going to take real leadership to actually get this team to get anywhere in the NFC North who is on the rise, you know, with uh, teams like the Lions stepping up and, um, you know, the Bears are kind of on track to being a much better team than they were last year. And then, of course, the Vikings, you know, the Vikings are a really good team that just happens to choke every year. Yeah, if they win double-digit games, he belongs in the around, not on the same tier as the three guys we just talked about, but close to that tier. You know, at least where we're putting Brian Dable, like, under there. Uh, because, yeah, this is really the his, his first big test because – while he's won a lot of games, while he's had good, really good teams, he had Aaron Rodgers and really, really didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. And playoffs is in everything, but uh, it's certainly a lot of things. Yeah, uh, other than that, um, the the McDermott is just insane, especially when you see guys like Mike McCarthy and Brandon Staley above them. Arthur like, Smith, like five spots ahead of him. Yeah, like how the hell is that even possible? Like, did they did he forget who Sean McDermott is? Like, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and say that maybe he's a a top ten coach or anything, though you could probably make an argument. Uh I I just don't understand how you have him listed at twenty two. Like to to put this into perspective, Kevin Stefanski is below him. <laughs> wow it's just it's incredible no disrespect to brandon staley or arthur smith um you know if you want to 
you know, I don't think Riverboat Ron or Mike McCarthy should be ahead of Sean McDermott, but no. they're seasoned vets. If you want to make that case, I guess Arthur Smith and, and Brandon Staley is outrageous. Staley especially, uh, who was almost fired after last season. Maybe not almost, but a lot of people thought should have been fired. Uh, you know, I don't personally think that, but God, that's that's wild. That's 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 crazy. That is so crazy. It, it's also kind of interesting seeing Kevin O'Connell at number fifteen after just one season. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, he did very impressive his first year as a head coach. But how the hell is he number fifteen? Well, Dable's nine or eight, I guess. Um, which I mean, you know, it's actually pretty crazy the difference between those guys too. But Dable beat him in the playoffs, and what he did with Daniel Jones was, you know, nothing short of remarkable. And I think that's why Sirianni is getting a lot of the credit too. Is when he got there, Jalen Hurts was a huge question mark. And today he's one of the most valuable players in the NFL. Still not not sold on him, but that's just me. <laughs> on Jalen Hurts? Oh no no no! I, I thought I thought you were still talking about um. Uh, okay, well, are get you have to elaborate on not sold? Not sold as him being one of these elite cream of the crop guys, or like not sold on him as a coach? Uh, no, actually, I was referring to Daniel Jones. Oh, 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 my God! Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Daniel Jones. You, you're, you're sold on him. I'm sold on him. Yeah, I don't know, like, like I is he a top ten guy? Will he be like a perennial top ten guy? I don't know. I'm not sold on that, but I think he's good enough to win with, and I think he's proven that, and. I mean, we'll see. I think at least you, I mean, and this again, you could be not fully sold on him and still pay him this contract, but you had to pay him that contract because what's the alternative? They they didn't have much of a choice, um, but boy, I I wouldn't have wanted to be in that situation. Uh, Then again, the the Rams kind of were with with Jared Goff. Yeah, and and we moved that contract with no relative ease. So... I don't think it's as risky as you can mark it out to be because if he has a mediocre year this year and they're like, we need to trade him. I don't know what the dead cap implications will be. They're probably insane, but somebody will take a shot. Carson Wentz has been a starter for like four years. He hasn't been good since like the Trump administration. I guess that wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Uh, you got anything else? It's almost June. Getting into the heat of the summer. Uh, well, oddly enough, uh, at, at the moment of uh, this podcast, it's actually on the cooler side in, in California, which is weird because, uh, yeah, it's the temperature right now is 61 degrees. And I'm like, where the hell is this, the, the heat? But then I remind myself, don't say that because it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Don't hope on that. Yeah. You enjoy the you enjoy the Celtics funeral last night? I did. You okay. know, I am I, I'm not a big fan of the heat, 
but uh, <laughs> can't fu- can't fucking stand him, dude. But I don't care. But but what about Jimmy Buckets, man? I like Jimmy Buckets. Um, obviously, as a Sixers fan, mixed thoughts. Uh, but I also went to Marquette, so I can't not like him. Uh, yeah, but, there's uh, the tie right there. Yeah, we we can't not like him. But you know, he would have fully earned my 100 percent approval from if they just swept the Celtics, but they had to make it fucking difficult. And so, you know, last night it was either the Heat blow a 3-0 lead, first team ever, or the Celtics just embarrass themselves. So it really was a win-win because uh, I would have enjoyed the haters. Um, it was a real haters ball last night. I would have enjoyed the tears from either fan base. Boston tears, they always taste great. I mean, the whole final series just sounds like something out of my microwave, so. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't seem all that interesting anymore to me, but that's coming from a Laker fan, so. The Nuggets should walk all over them, but who knows, man? Who knows? The Heat, the heat betting lines have been so insane. I thought they were going to lose last night. They were like plus 250, so, you know. Bet twenty bucks on it, won a bunch of money. It was great. I I'll just be glad when I stop hearing about the the oh the Lakers and the Celtics are gonna go to the finals and there and this is showing you how the NBA is fixed. <laughs> yeah, this this is a prime example that the NBA is not fixed. This is probably gonna be one of the least watched finals they've ever had. Probably <laughs> my guess. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm, sh- well, I don't remember what the bubble ratings were, but maybe it'll be better than that. But God, man, not only is it a matchup of two, not that popular teams. Um, you know, you have Jokic there, at least you have some star power, but it's, it's, it should be de- like, if, if things go as they should, it should be a five game series tops. Yeah. And, and the Nuggets truly deserve it, man. They, yeah, they're great. They're just a badass team. They're they're the best team in the league. They have been all year. And I I just I just think about Jokic just kind of throwing the ball up and like a fadeaway three over over players, and I'm like, you can't defend that. <laughs> that's that's literally impossible. This dude is is well over seven feet, and he's and he's doing a fadeaway three and knocking it. There's just, it's like, it's unfair. He's crazy. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's uh he's a stud for sure. Alrighty. Well, we'll be back soon, probably next week though. You know, we didn't do a pod last week. I'm sorry. And now I don't want to make empty promises. So we will probably be back next week. Almost certainly. Uh, until then, hang out with us on Twitter. If you want, other than that, we'll see you guys soon. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.